Hey guys, welcome to a new episode. This is your host, Mohammed. We'll continue with our GI series today. First question regarding localizer sequences on MRI. Typically, these are either steady state free precession, single shot fast spin echo, which are different names for the same thing, or T1 weighted image. These are approximately 15 millimeter in thickness of each slide each slice and the inter-slice distance is approximately 10 millimeter. Again, 10 millimeter between each slice, 15, 15 millimeter in thickness for each slice, and they are either T1 weighted, single shot fast spin echo, or steady state free precession imaging. What is the falciform ligament sign or the football sign. This is a sign seen when there is large intraperitoneal or abdominal fluid that will depress the liver and will see the falciform ligament remnant. Anteriorly on an x-ray, AP x-ray, we'll see a thick radio-opaque line. That would be the falciform ligament and that would indicate large volume of air common tumors that metastasize to the pancreas. We have melanoma, lung and breast cancer. Additionally, clear, clear cell renal cancer and thyroid cancer metastasize to the pancreas. Imaging features of solid and papillary epithelial neoplasm or spin. This is also known as the daughter lesion and it is seen in young patients typically present with large heterogeneous mass with cystic unsolid areas. This mass can bleed and would cause signal characteristics related to bleeding. This spin is also associated with a capsule just like mucinous cystic neoplasm. Localized mismatch in hepatic arterial and venous portal supply where there is relative increase in the hepatic arterial supply to a given region. This is known as transient hepatic intensity difference if it's an MRI. If it is on a CT scan then it's known as THAD or transient hepatic attenuation difference. This, is, this can be due to hypervascular lesion or increased arterial supply, hepatic arterial malformation, and decreased portal vein flow due to thrombus or any process that would lead to sequela increase of the arterial supply to the lesion. Ultrasound characteristics of portal venous gas. We see numerous echogenic foci within the liver parenchyma which is the gas within the liver parenchyma. On duplex of the portal vein, we see vertical bidirectional spikes, which represent air bubble traveling through. What is hepatic adenomatosis? This is multiple adenomas typically seen in a young patient, more than 10 adenomas. They're asymptomatic except when they bleed. What is Fry procedure? This is a procedure or surgery for management of chronic pancreatitis. What they do is they resect the pancreatic head and they create a longitudinal anastomosis between the pancreas and the jejunum. So pancreaticojejunostomy to treat chronic pancreatitis after the resection of the pancreatic head. You're shown a abdominal CT scan 
at the level of the liver and you have areas of scalloping of the hepatic capsule what they're trying to get at is pseudomyxoma peritoneae. It causes scalloping or the appearance of scalloping of the hepatic capsule. What is the name of the accessory pancreatic duct? It is the duct of Santorini. Again, the duct of Santorini empties in the minor papilla and that's the accessory pancreatic duct. In pancreatic divism, the pancreatic duct or the main pancreatic duct would empty into this duct. Hallmark of myelofibrosis. Myelofibrosis is a myelodysplastic syndrome where it's characterized by bone marrow replacement with fibrous tissue. Now, because we replace the bone marrow, we have extramedullary hematopoiesis, splenomegaly, hepatomegaly, and paraspinal masses that are consistent with extramedullary hematopoiesis. Role of diffusion restriction in abdominal imaging. Diffusion restriction or DWI sequences enhance the appearance of lymph nodes, solid hepatic or extrahepatic malignancies that are not well seen on other series and finally are good for bone metastasis. Obviously they're not as good as contrasted imaging but it is a good screener for bone metastasis, solid hepatic and extrahepatic metastasis, and lymph node processes. What is hepat hepatic hemangioendothelioma or epithelioid hemangioendothelioma? This is a vascular lesion involving the liver. On CT scan, we see hypodense lesions, typically spherical, subcapsular in location, these lesions may coalesce and form a bigger lesion. On labs, it's important to distinguish it from hepatoblastoma. Hepatoblastoma is associated with elevated AFP, just like HCC. Now, hemangioendothelioma does not have elevated AFP. Again, hemangioendothelioma, not elevated AFP. Hepatoblastoma or HCC have elevated AFP. They may have a halo or target sign around them and may cause capsular retraction. Another lesion that causes capsular retraction is cholangiocarcinoma. Imaging features of intestinal scleroderma. The way I remember it is scleroderma stands for slow bowel and all the features are associated with slow transit through the bowel. So we have marked dilation of the duodenum and jejunum because the bowel is really slow. We can get a, what the term is described as hidebound small bowel, which is due to atonic and closely spaced folds with saculations. This is considered pathogenomic for intestinal scleroderma. In terms of the colon, again, slow transit. So we have saculation on the borders, particularly of the transverse and descending colon, loss of haustration. And finally, patients may get stericolor ulceration, which is large fecal ball that causes ischemia to the bowel wall because of its size. Again, small bowel or large bowel scleroderma think that things are slowly moving through. 
dysphagia lucuria. This is a name describing difficulty swallowing due to aberrant origin of the right subclavian artery. Again, this is when the aberrant origin of the right subclavian arising as the last branch of the aortic arch, it will cross from the left side all the way back to the right side, encircling the esophagus. The aortic arch would be anterior and then the aberrant right subclavian is coursing posterior to the esophagus. This causes compression to the esophagus and causes dysphagia lucuria. And this similar pathology can be seen if you have left subclavian, aberrant origin of the left subclavian in a patient who has a right-sided aortic arch. What is the Mickey Mouse sign on liver ultrasound? This is or Mickey Mouse ear sign. This is a sign that describes dilated or normal size portal vein compared to a hepatic artery and a bile duct, which are the ears. So Mickey Mouse ears describe the bile duct and hepatic artery, and the face of Mickey Mouse is the portal vein. Review from yesterday about hepatic divisions. What is the role of the right hepatic vein? We said the right hepatic vein divides the right lobe into anterior and posterior. We said the anterior segments are five and eight. Posterior segments are six and seven. Now we also divide the right hepatic lobe through the portal vein. The portal vein would divide the liver into superior and inferior segments. The inferior segments in the right lobe are five and six. The superior segment are six, uh, sorry, superior segments are seven and eight. The superior segment will form the hepatic dome. Term Barrett esophagus refers to what? It refers to mucosal metaplasia that is due to esophageal reflux can be seen in the setting of a hiatal hernia, which would present with mild esophageal stricture. Again, mucosal metaplasia, we which means the mucosa cell would change. That's the metaplasia part, and it is due to stress. The stress is reflux, can be seen in the setting of a hiatal hernia, and leads to mild esophageal stricture. It is considered a precursor lesion for esophageal adenocarcinoma. Now, talking about adenocarcinoma versus squamous cell carcinoma, esophageal cancer is two types based on location. Upper esophagus is squamous cell carcinoma, and that's related to inhaling or uh, toxic material that we eat, so it burns the first part of the esophagus and changes the cell, which leads to squamous cell carcinoma. Reflux in the lower part of the esophagus would lead to adenocarcinoma. Causes for squamous cell carcinoma include alcohol, smoking, or toxic agents, and causes for esophageal adenocarcinoma are mainly reflux. As internal hernia, that's herniation of the bowel through mesenteric defect. This can be congenital or past operative or past surgery. The hernia typically occurs in particular locations. I don't think it's important or 
I sh we should not focus on exactly knowing those spaces, but focus on the imaging appearance. We have dilated loop of small bowel localized to a particular region of the abdomen that leads to closed bowel obstruction, and that's where we need to address it. We have vascular compromise and ischemia from that twisting of the internal loop of bowel, which leads to edema and decreased enhancement of the bowel. Classic imaging signs seen in Coroli's disease. What is Coroli's disease? That's cystic dilation of the bowel ducts. Now we said there are four types, uh, five types, type one being the most common, which there is fusiform dilation of the extrahepatic bowel duct. Now type five is a, fi is a type associated with a syndrome, mainly Caroli's disease. The sign associated with it is called the central dot sign. Now, Corolla's disease is strictly involving the intrahepatic bile ducts. And what we see, we see a portal vein surrounded by a severely dilated duct, which gives us the central dot, which is the blood within the portal vein, and the hypoattenuating bile surrounding the that central bright duct, which takes us back to the Mickey Mouse sign. We said on ultrasound there is a Mickey Mouse ear sign which describes the portal vein which is the face of Mickey Mouse and the two ears of Mickey Mouse are the hepatic artery and the biliary duct. Imaging features of carcinoid tumors of the bowel. Now most common site for carcinoid tumor of the bowel is the distal ileum. Additionally, it's a hypervascular tumor, so it will enhance avidly in the arterial phase. We can see a couple of things on imaging in addition to the cancer itself. It can be associated with mesenteric calcifications, which is due to desmoplastic reaction, and it will cause tethering or fixation of the mesentery. As we said, we have desmoplastic reaction, which is similar to architectural distortion in the breast, where that fibrosis or desmoplastic reaction can cause bowel obstruction or bowel, or bowel retraction, and we also see calcifications. Carcinoid tumor of the bowel, which is a neuroendocrine tumor, does not have physical presentation or symptoms until it metastasizes to the liver. Now, once it gets to the liver, we start seeing symptoms because typically the liver would break the endocrine product produced by the carcinoid tumor. Once it gets the to the liver and it empties into the hepatic vein, we'll be able to see the reaction or the systemic manifestation of it. On imaging, it's key to note that it can cause tricuspid valve destruction, which leads to regurgitation. It also can cause pulmonary valve destruction, which leads to regurgitation. And if it goes to the lung, then it can present into right heart, uh, left heart destruction, including the mitral valve and the aortic valve. But involvement of the left heart is much less common than the right heart. What is primary hemochromatosis? That is increased uptake of iron in the GI system it presents with iron deposition in the pancreas and liver. What about secondary hemochromatosis? Secondary hemochromatosis is increased iron in the system due to 
either multiple transfusion or a chronic inflammatory process. With that, what we see, we see iron deposition in the spleen and the liver. The key thing to remember, if it's GI related, we're going to get pancreas involvement. If it's chronic inflammation or multiple transfusion, this is all related to blood. So we're going to have splenic deposition. Finally, the liver is common in both primary and secondary hemochromatosis. On MRI, hemochromatosis would be tested for or evaluated through the in and out of phase imaging. What we see, we see bright signal on out-of-phase imaging compared to in-phase imaging. And they like to test that with relationship to the liver and hepatic steatosis. In hepatic steatosis, we see signal drop out on the out-of-phase imaging. In hepatic chromatosis, we see increased signal on the out-of-phase imaging compared to the in-phase. Now, quickly, let's review the normal signal of the liver pancreas and spleen because this relates to the hemochromatosis presentation. The liver is typically T1 bright and T2 dark. The pancreas is T1 bright and T2 dark. Now, if you notice that what we just said, both liver and pancreas have similar imaging characteristics, how to distinguish them from each other. Well, the T1 signal relates to proteins and enzyme contents of the pancreas and liver. We know that the pancreas is extremely filled with enzymes, so it's T1 brighter than the liver and T2 darker than the liver. The spleen, the spleen is opposite of that, it's T2 bright and T1 dark. Again, spleen is T2 bright and T1 dark signal. Pancreas and liver are both T1 bright and T2 dark. Pancreas is very bright on T1.